There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Comedian Hal Sparks comes to Shakespeare Theater in Washington, D.C. tomorrow for the Sexy Liberal Save Democracy Tour. We spoke about the challenge of political comedy, as well as his hilarious career from Talk Soup to Dude Where's My Car. Hey, Hal, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP in D.C. Hey, it's my pleasure. It's even more of a pleasure to actually uh, eventually be in your town. There are certain, when I'm doing stand-up or I'm on tour, either with, you know, Nerd Halen or I'm doing the sexy liberal stuff, um, my girlfriend only comes with me if the town is worth it. So, um, (laughs) and then we add an extra day on either side of the gig so that we can actually enjoy ourselves instead of it just being, you know, rush to the venue, sound check, do a show and split. So um, DC, I, I pad with a couple extra days because there's some spaces that I like to go to and I just like the place in general. So it's going to be fun. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you deemed us girlfriend worthy or, or sponge worthy like Seinfeld. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh but, well, believe me, it's not my decision in that regard. You know what I mean? I just basically leave it open carte blanche. I don't know why she's not interested in going to the upper UP of Michigan. That's that's one of the great mysteries of the ages. Um, but, uh, <laughs> it, de- it doesn't make the list the way DC, you know, Seattle, LA, Chicago, <laughs> those kind of places will be. Well, that's cool. I'm glad we made the list and I hope you enjoy, you know, some of the sightseeing while you're here, but, uh, yeah, let's, let's remind our listeners what we're talking about. You, you already mentioned it, but it's the sexy liberal save democracy tour. Um, it's going to be September right. 10th at, um, at Sydney Harmon hall. Um, you know, the whole Shakespeare theater here. Um, so tell me, uh, who all's on stage with you? What, what's the idea behind this whole, you know, sexy liberal save democracy tour? Well, we started, um, the sexy liberal tour, you know, years ago. Um, and it was just kind of a, you know, a way that myself, John Fugelsang and Stephanie Miller, who, you know, John and I were both regulars on her radio show, could kind of get out and about and start doing live stand up and and tell some jokes and motivate people to vote, which was the primary reason behind it was just kind of uh, anti lethargy at that point. And and it was the number one comedy tour of the year when it launched. And uh, we've always done really, really well. Now it's a matter of like civic work. We We go out when there's a uh, a midterm or a general election, that kind of thing, and and sort of boost the turnout on our you know on our side of things. You can tell from the title which way we lean, but at the same time, ultimately, I'm you know my basic root is you know liberal with a capital L that everything that we do in a democracy falls under. You know the old school idea of what liberal means, which is people pick their own leaders, not monarchy. I think is the, is the best quickest. Uh, definition. 
Yeah, it's so, crazy that in 2022, we're even discussing the concept of democracy. I, I, I thought that that was like the given. And then we could debate, you know, liberal and conservative underneath that, you know, from exactly from where <laughs> I thought so, too, under the umbrella of it, you know, that we are, you know, as a as what I would sort of style myself as, as a democratic nationalist, I would believe it's somebody that, you know, believes in the function of the Constitution and the importance of people picking their leaders. Transition Underneath of power, peaceful envelope. transfer of power. Yeah, crazy notions like that, you know. Yeah. And uh, and it's, you know, these days, and by the way, we have, a, it's not like we're not living in stark relief, you know, in terms of like what's going on in Russia, what's going on in China, what's happening and everywhere from Sri Lanka to Baghdad. You know, there's there's a lot of reasons why you would go in your Yelp review of the United States you would go, you know, slightly above beat the alternatives. There's a, we got a lot going for us. And so motivating people to do that, or at least not taking, you know, allowing them to take their, you know, their worldview for granted at the very least and having fun with it. The important thing is, is that we all eventually get past politics and we can go back to, you know, dancing um, or whatever you do with your pastime. It's none of my business, quite frankly. Right, right. Well, so what all topics do we cover then in the in the comedy? I guess we got January sixth. We've got the Tomorrow, pandemic. It's been a rough couple Lago, years. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, by the time it you know we actually get around to it a week from now, it's. I mean, we may be on to the Bedminster raid at that point, I suppose. But um, <laughs> the nice thing about these shows, like when I do my regular stand up, um, I would consider that stuff to be at most socio political, meaning I don't name names, I don't name dates, I just do comedy that I think should be enjoyable for everybody no matter who they are who shows up the show but these shows are very specific and so a lot of the jokes are i mean they're griddle cakes man they're we're writing them right up to showtime because there's so much going on and so it's it's the nice thing about this live show is that it's the essence of sort of live comedy in that regard is that that stuff is heard and maybe never heard again because by the time we do our next show in chicago or la or someplace like that um life has moved on there's a lot of stuff in the political world that's going on so that's the that's the exciting thing about these shows for me as a stand-up it's the one it's the challenge and it's the beauty of it um i do you know i we did these virtual shows as everybody did during 2020 and i ended up doing um a lot of sketches and characters and that kind of stuff on that because i kind of transformed it into my own little mini snl and so i did a song called florida man that people can see online and there's a lot of requests for me to do that live and so what i do is i update some of the lyrics to what's going on um and and uh that's that's been a recurring kind of thing we're at everything else is just you know hot off the presses yeah no that that's a good point like you you know you in one city you know one week you think you're writing jokes about you know the january 6th hearings and then by the time you reach the next city the president has you know taken classified documents to mar-a-lago like what exactly, every right. every week it gets crazier well here's the thing can you imagine uh put yourself in the creative shoes of a person who may have uh, thought I'm, i got my set set up there's the january 6th committee hearings are going a lot of people are informed about that i got a lot of room to move i don't have to reiterate there's not a lot of exposition people are ready for these jokes and then on the Monday before the Tuesday show, in some case, you, you find your, they, they, they search and seize documents from our lago. Like you have to right. just, you might as well just shred everything, right? Because no, that's not where everybody's mindset's going to be. Maybe you have two jokes that survive, but the rest of it's going to have to be 
I mean, these days things are moving so quickly in this story. You got to be up to date. You can't. I mean, there's still conservative comedians doing baby formula jokes. There's, you know what I mean? They're still doing mask material from like two years ago. And you're like, really, dude? Um, so we, we really like to, you know, to make sure that at least up to the night before, as far as the news cycle goes, if we're on a Saturday night show, that we are, you know, our comedy is completely up to date. It's a great time. Yeah, well, yeah, no shortage of material for sure. Well, hey, whenever I have someone <laughs> on, um, re- remind I always love to remind our listeners how you got into this racket to begin with. So I know you were born in what, in Cincinnati, Ohio, but you grew up mostly in Kentucky, I was, right? I was born there. I was, yeah, well, I was raised in Kentucky. I was uh, born in Cincinnati only because it was the nearest hospital without chickens in it. But I, you know, I spent <laughs> uh, most of my childhood in Kentucky. Uh, you, you think I'm kidding? And then. Uh, 14 years old, moved to Chicago, started doing stand-up, went to Second City, um, you know, really got into the idea of, you know, comedy especially, but acting and, and music as as genuine jobs, not as some sort of, that's the great thing about Chicago, man, is Chicago, the arts are not magical. Nobody taps you on the shoulder and goes, you got moxie, kid, you want to be in pictures? Like, that doesn't happen. You just go, there's a ladder, go work on your craft. And that I can do. Anybody can understand that. You know, it takes the magic out of it, which is great. As soon as I graduated high school, packed my crap up, went and moved to L.A. And uh, and I called the 90s the Sisyphus years. You know, you just roll the rock up the hill and watch it roll back down. But eventually, I want to tell everyone you said Sisyphus, not, you know, just it's not something else. You said Sisyphus years. Yes, it's a very important <laughs> clarification. Right. Not yet. Yeah, that would be uh, an, that would be a Mar-a-Lago reference that I think we can do at another time. Um, uh, but. But once I, you know, once I broke through, um, you know, and got Talk Soup, then Queer as Folk, then while I was shooting Queer as Folk, doing all the I Love I Love This on VH1, um, I, you know, Dude Where's My Car, Spider-Man 2, all those things kind of broke through and allowed me to kind of build a, a, a strong foundation for my, you know, my future. And my goal has always been to be old. So I'm, my goal is to just, keep soldiering and doing good work until I'm the old guy in the movie. I want to be the guy where I'm 105 and they're like, he's still working. Look at him. It's adorable. That's my goal <laughs> in life. So, um, you know, and I, I'll get my Oscar, but I'll be 96 when it happens. And I'm totally down with that. <laughs> Lifetime achievement at that point. Um, That's right. No, no, no. It'll be for, it'll be for an action film. That'll be the fun part. My goal is to be 96 year old, 96 year old, get a, 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 a like a, I want to be at a, you know, a, the most dramatic buddy cop film in history where everybody's CG but me. But then, you know, I get a, I win an Oscar on merit just because they can't believe I did all my own stunts. <laughs> get to the walker. Um, that's well, right. So, <laughs> tell me about Talk Soup really quick because I know that's where a lot of our listeners will, you know, re- remember you from. Um, to, I guess yeah. who was before you? Well, was Greg Kinnear and John Henson? Yep. And then me. And I then was, you. I was third, you know, AKA the charm. And, um, yeah, so I, that one that one was absolutely my break. And one of the greatest things about it was is that I had a I I could literally measure what fame does to your life in a weekend. I the so I got the show. I'd been you know doing stand up and you know made you know little little like marginal milestones along the way, but not not had a big break yet, um, which I still believe was inevitable no matter what happened. But when I got the show i knew i was going to be on the air starting on july 4th weekend in 1999 so i 
Uh, I went out the weekend before, on July 4th weekend, I went down to uh, Santa Monica and walked down Third Street Promenade and went, this is the last time I'm going to walk around and nobody's going to know who I am. Yep, enjoy the anonymity while it lasts, pal. (laughs) That's right. And then I, I went, shot four, it was a short week that week, shot four shows and the weekend show, came back the next Saturday, went back to Third Street Promenade just as a test. And as soon as I walked out of the parking garage onto the main route, there's like this tunnel that goes, as soon as I stepped out, a guy hit me in the chest with his open palm to stop me on, hey, new talk soup guy. Um, (laughs) It was that fast. He was just like, he just flat on just like, hey, what's going on? Kind of like slap. It was amazing. And from that point forward, I was like, all right, now I've got an opportunity and a responsibility. I think they go hand in hand. So I just, you know, put my head down, did the best work I could. And I, you know, I try to bring that kind of Midwestern country, you know, Kentucky work ethic to the arts. That's, that's always been, you know, a big part of it is, are you doing the best work you can do? And are you treating it like the opportunity it is, the privilege that you have? And as long as I'm doing that thing, I get to enjoy myself. Oh well, I hope your I hope your chest has healed. You still got a bruise from that guy whacking you, and and I hope they didn't do that to Joel McHale when they spun it off. Like, is that like a rite of passage? Anyone that does the soup or talk soup, they get whacked. (laughs) No, and he's taller than me, so they would have hit him in the navel. But the (laughs) um, I think that's the important part. And yeah, I I had the imprint tattooed on my chest as a moment of remembrance. But um, uh, all that aside, the nice thing was is that you know, during the current unpleasantness at the beginning of the lockdown, I was able to like start live streaming from home. Like a lot of people did daily at infotainmentwars.com or on my Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash Al Sparks, like to get, you know, to entertain people, calm them, tell jokes, be funny around politics and the circumstance we all found ourselves in. And it really had an impact. And I'm just constantly reminded about how like comedy is a service job and having any level of fame is is a is a responsibility. Definitely is. Well, you know what you should have done with to prevent the whole mm. handprint handprint thing was just wrapping bubble wrap, man, like Zoltan. Dude, where's my car? You know? Yeah, predated Zoltan by a year. I I you know that's that's why who knew that that would come in so handy later in life. Um, and it would have made a giant frapping sound, which is uh, I would later find when I did my own stunts on Dude, Where's My Car. Um, did a Jackie Chan spin around on the top of a, a glass counter and fell over the back of it, landing on my suit. And they had to fully out the crack sound of me hitting the concrete, which was hilariously fun. Um, so, yeah, I've, I still have I have two bubble wrap suits right now. Um, they're in rotation. They, they don't tend to dry clean well. I'm just saying they're, they're not. The durability is the thing we have not answered yet. We have not dealt with that issue and I'm still working on prototypes. Yeah. But that popping sound that, that, that doesn't get old. So, um, well, no, it doesn't. It's pleasurable. Before we run our fans will kill me if I don't, uh, at least ask one follow-up about queer as folk, because that was such a huge hit. And one, most of our, a lot of our people will know you from that. So, um, I would argue that it was artistically because of the content at the time, a, a bit of an art, an artistic cul-de-sac if you didn't work to make sure that you didn't get kind of stuck in it. That said, it was worth doing from the jump. That was the greatest thing that you could see in the script was this was something that has value. You don't get the, that doesn't happen a lot with scripts. 
but this doesn't, you know, especially television shows. And I have tremendous love for pulp. I love stuff that you can just watch and forget and enjoy yourself. There is more value in that than people know. Sure. That said, though, at some somebody coming off of Dude, Where's My Car and uh, and doing, you know, talk soup, being able to walk into a dramatic series that had the impact it did. And, you know, we, we were able to do the first HIV positive negative relationship on American television, the first gay marriage, the first gay adoption, like those kind of things are pivotal to people's lives. And to be able to have participated in that is one of the great joys of my life. Oh, yeah. It, it just showed your range. Like you're saying, comedy and talk mm -hmm. soup and do where's my car, the Citizen Kane of, you know, of of stoner comedies. Yeah. Um, and then turn around and so do a, a drama. That's right. That's why we're doing this at the Shakespeare Theater. You know what I mean? Just in case I feel like busting out some Twelfth Night, you know, <laughs> it could yeah. happen. Well, you know, with the political topics that we're talking that, you know, we open the interview with it, it can be downright uh, Shakespearean tragedy right now in, in this country. Could, we don't know. It oh, could Trump, go either way, Trump man. is very. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, Trump is like uh, Cheeto King Lear. I get it. I know what you're going. Um, it makes total sense. It's definitely the third act. I will say that. <laughs> well, I hope I hope there's many more acts of this democracy to come. But these days, I don't know. But thanks for helping us, you know, laugh on the way out. <laughs> Uh, oh um, no, there definitely are. I just meant for him. I meant oh. for the, you know, the the, the great Orange King. Who um, knows? And yeah. we have conservative listeners on our radio station, and as well as Look liberal out. listeners. So that could be, uh, it could be. Why, why, what, why should they come out? You know, they they still have a good time laughing at this show, right? I yeah. Well, I would I would argue to find out that I am not their enemy and I mean them no ill, and that a lot of the jokes that I make they can share in as well because it's not. My attack is, it isn't and has never been on, uh, you know, on conservatism as such. And the idea that, you know, democracy is about finding shared ideas that we can, you know, but quite frankly, their, their party in a lot of ways, the Republican Party, has been hijacked by the Trumpies in a way that I, I don't think is indicative of, you know, they left the, the train station with, you know, a, a socially conservative um, possibly, you know, family values oriented group and ended up with a with a ghost writing game show host who has a long line of, uh, you know, sexual, uh, uh, let's see, assault claims, verifiable sexual assault claims against him, who was reported saying that he could grope women without their consent. And it was cool. I don't think that's what they signed up for. And I also think that They've been sold the line that somehow like open borders are a thing, which they aren't. Defund the police isn't a thing. There's a reason Joe Biden won <laughs> and the other folks didn't. You raise a, a good point. It went from, uh, mm -hmm. you know, tear down this wall to build this wall. Um, you know, let, let's right. let's let's win the Cold War to let's em embrace uh, Putin. It, it's, it seems like it's tur turned upside down um, on, on that side of the aisle. But who knows? Maybe it'll come back, yeah, come it back around. It, and here's the thing. It doesn't have to. It really doesn't. I'll gladly argue conservative to liberal, you know, conversation points. We have. Uh, arguably Joe Manchin and other people like that in our party um, on the Democratic side of things. And we're you know, as much as you might hear people gripe, that's part of democracy. That's the messiness of it. And I'll take that over autocracy, theocracy or, or monarchy any day. 
Yeah, I, th I think the beauty of America and democracy is that there is, mm -hmm. you know, progressive and conservative Divergent thought. thought. There's the put there's the push yeah. pool. And uh, but but we need to have the democracy and we need to at least somehow some have a, a common set of facts that we can argue from. And that's what's sort of been, been uh, blown to the reins here. So I, I yeah, I and I think that, you know, in the in the world of, you know, of comedy, I can't make someone laugh unless we share some level of reality with each other because if we don't they'll think i'm making fun of them or their own personal paranoia won't allow for any kind of community out of it and and you know comedy is necessary for a highly functioning society without it um that's those are the societies where you can't tell jokes where you can't laugh about stuff that's when things start to fall apart because the next step is you know is angst and anger followed by physical altercation the humorless societies are the ones that go first well keep our humorous society going we, we you're you're yes. our last hope house parts <laughs> that's what uh, yes i'm yeah, thank you obi-wan um then, yeah i absolutely well we appreciate it and we hope next time whenever they decades from now I'll call you in to do you know i love the the 2020s um mm -hmm. i hope i hope uh we can look back and, and laugh on this time you know and still have and still have a country so <laughs> keep it going oh we will don't worry believe me i um i can i i have what i call optimistic stoicism soldier forward with the idea that there will be a brighter day and do the actual work to do it and i I'm I've never been more confident in that than now. Awesome. Well, again, everyone come check out Hal Sparks, the hilarious uh, voice you've heard here. Uh, it's going to be mm -hmm. at the Shakespeare Theater, Sydney Harmon Hall in D.C. on September 10th, 8 p.m. Get your tickets now. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate it. Take care of yourself and take care of somebody else. Will do. All right. See you in the bubble wrap, man. <laughs> Indeed. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.